This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to a special edition of the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Today we mark CARP's annual general meeting and conference. Welcome to the Zoomer Break. Thanks very much for taking time on your busy day. With the youngest trio of party leaders at the helm in Ottawa, we get to know the youngest of the three, conservative leader Andrew Scheer. And how to get the government working for Zoomers. CARP unveils its priorities for the coming year. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A new, more effective shingles vaccine has been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. A study funded by Glaxo found that the company's Shingrix vaccine prevented shingles in about 90% of people. Merck's Zostavax vaccine, which is currently on the market, is about 50% effective. Shingrix is also approved in Canada for people aged 50 and older, and it should be available early next year. A note Albert Einstein scribbled in 1922 was auctioned off in Israel, fetching $1.3 million. A cash-strapped Einstein wrote the note to tip a bellboy soon after learning he'd be winning the Nobel Prize in physics. He knew it would be of value someday. The note reads, A calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. The oldest living couple in the U.S., 105-year-old Arthur Jacobs and his 100-year-old wife, Marcia, shared a special moment in her hospital room celebrating their 80th wedding anniversary. Arthur is still very much in love. I've loved you for 80 years, honey. That's a long time. You were only 20 when we fell in love and got married. (laughs) I miss you all the time. And right before turning 74, Lauren Hutton became the oldest model to grace the cover of Vogue. Hutton appears on three different October covers for Vogue Italia's Timeless issue. The record was previously held by performer Tina Turner, who was a Vogue Germany cover model at 73 in 2013. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It's becoming something of a tradition. Newly minted federal party leaders coming to speak to the CARP AGM. After all, the older demographic votes in overwhelming numbers. At 38, conservative leader Andrew Scheer is the youngest of the three party leaders. He dropped by my studio before addressing the group. You're coming here to speak to CARP, which is used to being a a pretty big, influential lobby group representing a demographic that votes. Mm -hmm. But 
I guess what CARP is used to are leaders who are baby boomers, kind of close in age, and suddenly all the leaders, yourself included, are younger, very much younger. So I guess there's a bit of a a worry that, uh, you know, you're interests will lie with other issues. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, part of the reason why I'm here today is certainly to put to rest any of those types of concerns. I think it's a great thing that young people are getting involved and engaged, and as a result, federal parties will have to contemplate that as they put policies for it. But I believe that you can do those types of things without disadvantaging any other demographic or any group. So my message today is to say issues affecting retired people, issues affecting seniors uh, will always be top of mind. It's the demographic that has always been most engaged when you look at the different age brackets. And uh, our party has always had a strong record on that. So I want to listen I'm still in the listening tour phase of my leadership, find out what are some of the issues that are out there, but certainly to send the signal that as we develop our policies, the Conservative Party will always have those issues, seniors' issues, retired issues facing retired people at top of mind. Okay, well, it's even like you're you're talking about retired people, and that's the old name of CARP, but... People are working longer, both out of necessity and uh, because they want to. Mm -hmm. One of the issues that CARP is going to take up has to do with mandatory RIF Mm -hmm. withdrawals, where where people are forced to take out a hunk of their retirement savings, whether they need it or not. And we're living so long that suddenly you can wake up at 95 and you have no money left. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think that there's a lot of uh, overlap between issues facing seniors and young people. There are a lot of issues. My uh, my parent, uh, I lost my mother during the leadership campaign. She spent the last few years of her thank you. She spent the last couple years of her life in and out of uh, you know palliative care and um, and assisted living centers. But she was active and 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 with it. And with a little bit of extra home care, she could have had a more productive life. My father is still active. Uh, A lot of issues facing my generation in terms of providing support and care but as well making sure that the resources are there so that as people get older they can still have active lifestyles and and, and contribute. And specifically to your point on the RIFs, I I believe very firmly in flexibility and choice for people. And we're we're taking a look at some of the policies, but I am very sympathetic to the idea that uh, allowing people to have maximum control and flexibility for their personal finances is the best solution uh, for uh, exactly as you said, you know, people living into their 90s, uh, be, being very fit. My, my wife's grandmother is, uh, I won't say how old she is, but she's uh, very active and, and, you know, she's worried about how long she can stay in her home based on the savings that, that, that she had. So at the end of the day, the government gets its money anyway. Uh, so I think we should look at ways of making uh, the RIFs and other types of things more flexible for individuals. And also in terms of Healthcare, a federal role in healthcare. You mentioned home care, which is a big issue, but one of the things that happens, people are staying in their homes longer, but when they suddenly can't anymore, that totally backs up the health system because suddenly they're taking up hospital beds when they should be in long-term care, but long-term care is not available. Oh, I, I had so many times when I was in the hospital with my mom and, and you know, if she could have gone home, you know, she's, she had to stay in a bed waiting for a procedure to be done, using up a, a hospital bed. She would rather have been in her home, but as soon as she left, she'd be treated as an outpatient and she'd go on some waiting list and, and maybe take months to come back in and get the test or the procedure. So I think there's a lot of issues around that, that all levels of government, you know, the, the delivery is provincial, the funding is shared with the federal government. But we have to look at ways to get out of these 
silos and these boxes that we've created that, at the end of the day, doesn't provide good service to the patients and costs taxpayers so much money in, 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 uh, in waste. So I think it's time that, that we had some of these frank discussions about the rigidity of our system sometimes, and, and home care is a big part of that. Finally, the big issue for CARP at the moment is pension reform, and mm. it's putting pensioners at the head of the line of creditors as opposed to the back of the line. Um, are you going to commit to do that if you win? Well, I can I can tell you that it's that it's something that that uh, we're listening uh, right now. Again, not to kind of bring in too many personal <laughs> sides of the story, but my dad worked at the Ottawa Citizen. He has a uh, a Can West pension, you know, and and we know the trouble that's facing the news industry. And there's a lot of he has a lot of anxiety. We have a lot of conversations about what would happen if, uh, if, if the worst ever came about. I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for people who have worked their entire lives with a promise, with, uh, with an agreement that they, they gave their labor, they gave their time, and part of that... Their money. And their money. And, and part of that was that there would be their money waiting for them and the contributions that were agreed on uh, would be there at the end of the working life. And to tell someone who's 70, 72, that the rug gets pulled out from them, they don't have the ability to go back into the workforce and um, and make that up in many cases. So uh, I, you know, not in a position to make a, a commitment. I want to I want to listen more about it. But it's something that I'm very uh, sympathetic to. I'm very sympathetic to, to what we're seeing now with Sears and and other types of large employers. And it, it, whether it's a small business too, you know, it, it doesn't really matter the scale of the company. Each individual is going through that hardship. We need to make sure that we have a, a regime in place to to protect people. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Conservative leader Andrew Scheer. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, protecting pensions and making sure we don't outlive our money. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Earlier this week, CARP had a big success on Parliament Hill promoting the need for a new law to protect the rights of pensioners. The government promised to take another look at the issue after originally saying there were no plans to change the current rules. That's just one of CARP's priorities for the coming year. I sat down with Vice President of Advocacy, Wanda Morris. We are gutted by what's happening to pensioners. It's uh, unconscionable that people can work for decades for a company and suddenly lose a part of their financial security. And I think what's particularly egregious in this case is that, uh, you know, Sears, we've seen send uh, really ship dividends to their foreign shareholder, strip the company of assets, and now the pensioners are left with an unfunded liability. I think it's really offending the sensibilities of Canadians, as it should, and something needs to be done. And what do you propose? So with a defined benefit pension plan, the company every year estimates how much they need to contribute to the plan. And if they underestimate, we end up with an unfunded liability. And in a bankruptcy, that unfunded liability is at the back of the line. So what we're proposing is to take that amount and make sure that that's paid right away before bankers or bondholders get a penny. We're calling it super priority, and it means putting pensioners at the front of the line. What are the top priorities for 2018? So we're going to continue with our work with pensions. 
Finance. We're going to take on the area of tax reform, particularly as it relates to RIFs. The way that things are structured right now are really punitive, particularly to people that uh, work on past 65 and into their 70s. And the way that people are, are now living so much longer uh, and interest rates are, are at such historical lows, people are, are really being, by the current RIF laws, incented to take out more money than they can afford and being left in potential poverty later on. So so that's something we want to take on that that really needs to change. When we look farther afield, uh, we're hearing from many people about the impact of housing affordability. Typically, this is seen as an issue that affects millennials, but many older Canadians, you know, particularly those that live in the greater Toronto or greater Vancouver areas, if they haven't had a chance to buy a home, are faced with skyrocketing rents on, on fixed incomes. And even those who are homeowners all too often have been providing money to children or even adult grandchildren and thus stretching themselves financially as well. Long-term care has been a big issue. There's an inquiry underway here in Ontario. Just the other day, we heard that a number of long-term care homes are saying they need to move because they can't redevelop according to new laws with the subsidies the province is giving them. Too expensive. We're going to continue to advocate for long-term care, particularly the area of resident-on-resident aggression. And then we're taking on two new issues. So one of them is housing affordability, which has typically been seen as a millennial issue, but we know that's affecting many seniors. And our fifth one is one that's coming straight from my boss's mouth. Uh, And Moses said, too often we are mendicants. We are beggars going with our hands out, asking governments to do things for us. It's time that we did a few things for ourselves. And so I'm pretty excited about our fifth priority, which is going to be to ask our members and, and those who come to our chapter meetings to stand up straight and get moving. We are going to be pushing out a campaign to get our members active and a bit more physically healthy. Okay, Wanda Morris, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. That was Wanda Morris, CARP's VP Advocacy. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. Coming up, we say goodbye to one of rock and roll's pioneers. You're listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. A revival of David Mamet's Glengarry Glen Ross is showing at the Playhouse Theatre in London with Christian Slater starring as Rocky Roma, the part Al Pacino played in the 1992 film. It runs through February 3rd. At the Gliptatic Art Museum in Copenhagen, an exhibition is open giving a glimpse into the power structures, god worship, and everyday life in ancient Egypt when pharaohs reigned as personified gods with undisputed authority. After an abbreviated run on Broadway, Steve Martin and Edie Brickell's musical Bright Star has opened at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles. You got the look. You got the feel, you got the face of true love, you got the 
After its month-long L.A. run, Bright Star heads out on a national tour. And in Dublin, just in time for Halloween, the Bram Stoker Festival is underway with four days of living stories and four nights of deadly adventures. Stoker was born in Dublin in 1847 and is best known for his 1897 gothic novel, Dracula. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. He was the man behind hit songs like I'm Walking, Blue Monday, Blueberry Hill, and Ain't That a Shame. This week, we lost Antoine Domino Jr., better known as Fats Domino. The American pianist, singer, and songwriter is being remembered as a pioneer of rock and roll music. Born and raised in New Orleans, his career began in the late 1940s when he began playing with local bands in the French Quarter. His 1950 single, The Fat Man, gave him national attention and is considered one of the first rock and roll records. But it was his 1955 song, Ain't That a Shame, that made him a star. Domino would go on to sell over 65 million records, more than any other artist of the 1950s, with the exception of Elvis Presley. Right now, we'll remember Fats Domino with his biggest hit, Ain't That a Shame. You made me cry when you said goodbye. That was Ain't That a Shame. Antoine Domino Jr., better known as Fats Domino, passed away this week. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thank you for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week when we bring you the lessons from the happiest places on Earth. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.